I have recently been binge watching a Netflix show. It's from India. Personally speaking, I don't watch Indian movies. You know, I don't watch Bollywood or Punjabi movies because I basically consider them as being trash. You know, Indianized copies of Western stuff. There's no originality ever. <clears throat> However, the one which I've been recently watching, it's a Netflix series. It's uh, directed by Prakash Jha. It's stars Bobby Bill and it's called Ashram. And the story of Ashram is that uh, Bobby Bill plays Baba Nirala Kashi Purvala and uh, he's this bug, uh, a criminal who's turned into a Baba. He's got influence in 50 constituencies. He's got the media, he's got the politicians, he's got the corporations running after him. He's fabulous, famous. And Ashram tells the story of Preeti, who's a low-caste, from a low-caste family. She's a wrestler. She's discriminated against in her life, and uh, Baba sort of takes her into the ashram. And there she realizes that he's actually nothing less than a pervert. And the series really follows how she tries getting revenge on him. And, I mean, mind you, this is a Bobby the old show, but it isn't so full of action as one would assume it to be given that in his younger days he was quite a superstar in the action critical of Indian films. But you know what Ashram actually made me consider? What is it? There's a part where, uh, you know, Baba Nirala uh, comes out and he tells the people gathered around him, you know, they call it Sangha, but they use those, you know, traditional terms there. The purpose of life is to japanam, 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 and everyone reaches a crescendo in this uh, meditative state. And I was wondering that, you know, when you look at the Eastern world, we know the complexities and the problems down there. And it seems, I mean, it must have been a very clever thing that, you know, some sort of a ruling structure or a religious structure would have sat down with its counterpart and decided rather than have a revolution against us, let's just insist that this world is a whole city. We have something called past life karma, which makes us, you know, progressive in this world, or, you know, uh, regressive. And tie people in a cycle where we say the world is false and they only need to meditate, like we give them a purpose in their life. And that purpose is actually a disguise to wean them away from questioning us. And then the Western world, I guess, this uh, philosophy was brought along by, you know, Oriental stereotypes, Orientalists. And uh, I guess the issue with the West is that no matter how many times we live here, we won't actually have the, you know, Caucasian perspective of history. And with the, I guess, the failure of capitalism, which is uh, confronting us, the growing inequality in society, Quite a lot of, I guess, uh, Westerners are thinking that, you know, what did we do wrong? Where did we go wrong? And this philosophy of renunciation is very uh, appealing to them, and they take it up as well. You know that the world is false, blah, blah, blah. But really, it's almost like someone is designing their purpose in life for them, giving it to them, so they don't discover their own purpose in life. So they don't give their own life meaning. They only follow someone else's uh, directive dance to someone else's tunes. The very first thing is, according to me, hmm. why would anybody think like it? That what what's my purpose in life? Do they think they are just a small part of a large machine and they are here to serve a purpose? I guess there are two ways you can answer this. One thing is this, that, you know, more practically, there are people who say we are going to wait for our purpose in life to find us. And these are the gullible people. They can be misled by anyone. You know, they, I mean, you know, we both must have met quite a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, Westerners and even uh, people from the subcontinent who have grown up in Western society, you know, the coconut type ones, brown, brown on the outside, white on the inside. And, they meet someone and they share their, uh, you know, like uh, with a yogi or, you know, a baba or whatever and share this concern that their life doesn't have a purpose. And they get given a purpose, which is just to, you know, be reclusive and meditate their life away. There's this one. Then there's another one if you look at Gurbani. Gurbani tells us that really there is no purpose to life 
unless you give yourself a purpose in life. You need to give your life a purpose to, you know, give it a bit of a meaning. Otherwise, you're just a dumb animal. Okay, so it's got to be internal, not external. Yes, it has to be internal because, I mean, we must have seen that quite a million times, a picture of Guru Nanak Dev and uh, it's got written underneath before becoming a Hindu, Sikh, Christian or Muslim, let's become a human. Essentially speaking, the human, well, what is a human? The human is a biological animal. He's got a, the human, well, I'll say it, but anyhow, the human has a high advanced state of cognition. But what differentiates a human from, you know, other animals? Nothing, nothing at all. And the human is caught up in base traits which arise out of individuation. Now, individuation is our surviving mechanism gone wrong. You know, the flight or fight, I need to eat, I need to do this, I need to do that. Gurbani says that needs to be turned around. So now, individuation has five uh, corollaries, five, um, I guess you can say five forms, five subforms. Kam, Krod, Lobo, Ankar. Now, of course, in traditional Indic philosophy, they will say these all emanate from the mind. You need to control the mind. Guru Nanak dismisses all this and says, no, no, it's nothing about the mind. It's nothing about the cognition. It's about taking these things which are already in us and turning them around. Now, when we turn these around, we actually realize that, you know, we can learn quite a lot from the natural world, from creation itself. And let's say we believe there is a smart intelligence which has created this world, you know, Ekyongkar. We will essentially say that Ekyongkar's virtues are in creation, and we are going to make those virtues in our values. And once we sit down and address those values, analyze the values we have adopted, our values, then we can sort of move on to giving our lives a purpose. Hmm. But to say that, you know, God's going to give your life a purpose, so-and-so is going to give your life a purpose, that's just a waste of time. That's making you prone to being exploited. And uh, I think there's an another part to it. Hmm. So if some somebody else, well, it, it, it usually is that way. It gives yep. you a purpose in life, yeah? Yes. And you started off by saying that uh, we have to jump in arm and whatever. Yep. There's another part to it. It is that I must become one with God, Allah, or whatever you believe in. Yes. So you might a person might spend their entire life mm -hmm. trying to unite with something that uh, might not even exist. Might not even exist. And see, this is this is quite a profound thing which is being dismissed. In Sikhi, we have a framework, you know, and that framework says that, you know, there are three essential rights given to humans in Sikhi. First one is to, you know, be able to uh, tap into your brain, to use your brain. You know, there is no constraint put on the brain. Everyone is treated equally and partially, but everyone has the right to use their cognition, their advanced state of thinking. Everyone has the right to think, freedom of conscience. Let's summarize it as this. Second one, which arises from the freedom of conscience, is fundamentally that everyone has the right to use all the discoveries made for the benefit of mankind and for mankind to improve their own lot in life and the lot of others. And the third one is nothing can hold anyone back from contributing to these uh, findings, these discoveries. These are the three basic fundamental rights of the human institution, from my perspective. And if you look at the other thing which we are talking about, like, you know, Baba Nirala in that show gets up and tells the Sangat, you need to jump Nam, he tells Preeti, you need to jump Nam. You, everyone is jumping Nam. And what, you know, what, what's amazing is that the way they show it, it's a psychological trick. People are actually killing themselves inside psychologically, and he's able to do anything to them. Now, Preeti is drugged and raped in the ashram, in that show. And amazingly enough, all her friends and family start thinking that the Baba is the main suspect. She, however, is not able to figure it out because he's given her a purpose in life, and that purpose is deadening her from the inside. It's killing her brain, her mentality. And that's what we really see outside, because ashram is based on reality. 
people who give you a purpose, you really need to consider what that purpose is, you know? And if that purpose actually serves no greater benefit for you or for anyone else for that matter, it's just making you a puppet of the person who's trying to control you. True. And uh, I like I like to add something to it. Yep. What's the source of this belief that I must find a purpose in life? Is it lack of confidence? Is it an inferiority complex? Or is it, how do I say, a person who is not fully mentally sound? I would say it's a case of all three now. Let's look at that Baba Nanak quote, you know, that let's become human first. And a typical, I mean, if it was all about becoming a human, Baba Nanak would not have done what he did. You know, there would have been no Daspatra, yeah, there would have been no Gurudans. Like, being human was enough, pretty much. But, essentially, a human being is someone who's cognitively deluded. He, it, he has to discover himself. A human has to discover themselves. A person has to discover themselves. Now, the religious structure, which is actually just a power structure in disguise. I'll give you an example. Now, see, Pai Nandalal is a writer. Pai Kanaya is a more of a medic type of a person. So Pai Kanaya is out on the field of battle. Pai Kanaya is serving everyone. He's stitching wounds. He's uh, caring for both Mughals uh, and Sikhs. He's also caring for, you know, the Hindu uh, mercenaries who are fighting the Guru and the Hindu armies. Pai Kanaya has a Kirpan. Pai Kanaya is Shastratari, trained warrior, but his purpose is significantly different to say Pai Daya Singh's purpose, who's in the middle of the battle fighting against the Mughals, you know, directly face to face. Then we have Pai Nandalal. Pai Nandalal is inside the fortress at Anandapur. Pai Nandalal is doing nothing of the type which Pai Daya Singh and Pai Kanaya is doing. Pai Nandalal is actually sitting down and writing. Now, there is a myth which has been propagated that, you know, Pai Nandalal, Pai Kanaya had no uh, Kandabhateda Amrit because it would have made them very martial. I don't believe this to be true. Reality is that they were Amritaris. They just retained those old names. And we discussed this in a previous uh, episode, really, that, you know, this Hukamrama of the Guru saying that, you know, Sikhs who retained their old, old titles could retain them, but... After them, no one was to use any name other than Singh or Gaur, the prefix at them. However, imagine Guru Gobind Singh Ji coming to all of them and saying, look, here's a sword, you all need to go out and fight. He would have been giving them a purpose. Now, for some people, fighting, yeah, if that's the purpose, fighting for, you know, uh, it's okay. That's their purpose, they've chosen it. But for others, it's essentially mocking them mentally. And now there is a story that Pai Nandalal grabbed a kirpan and started running out to the field of battle and Guru Gobind Singh just shouted out after him, Oh, Pai Nandalal, Ketetala. And Pai Nandalal said, No, Maharaj, I'm going to fight for you. And uh, Maharaj said, that, No, 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 come back, sit down. You just do what you have chosen as your purpose, you write. I don't think it had anything, anything to do with Amrit. It was more about ensuring that Nandalal was a productive and contributing member of society, but on terms which actually allowed him to mentally grow. And people today <clears throat> who sort of have, like, you know, you were saying they're looking for these purposes in life. I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying to discover a purpose in it. But you need to discover it and give your life a purpose by analyzing your values. But if you're waiting for someone else, then it's a case of all three. It's really a mental delusion as to what reality is. So you're just, you're just waiting to be used by somebody else. Essentially, because, see, look at it this way. How many people do you think today know that life is what you make out of it? You can keep on saying it to them a hundred million times, but somewhere in their minds, when the going gets hard, they need three things. One, they need to believe in something like karma and predestination, predetermination to blame God. Take the blame off themselves, blame God. <clears throat> Second, they love being mollycoddled, so they will always be looking for someone else to help them out, to give them a purpose. 
And it's much like saying that, you know, the type of advice you look for, you essentially find it at the end of the day. And the third thing is they are looking for comfort. They don't want to be at the forefront. They just want to be at the back. <clears throat> and what better way than to let someone else control you? It's hard to be a leader, but it's easy to follow. You know the saying? Yep. And it's essentially the same case down here. It's hard to be a leader for yourself. It's just more easier to follow someone else, to allow them to control you. It also takes off the responsibility off your shoulders that uh, this decision wasn't my decision. So if you fail, you have somebody else to blame. That's right. That's exactly right. Now, <clears throat> we have discussed this many times that, you know, predetermination and karma have no hold on Siki. But uh, just as a, you know, sort of a side thing to explain the further points we will be making along the way now. <clears throat> I, in my opinion, what prevents Indian society from progressing is really this sense of karma. Now, Let's just say you and me, become, you vote for me as a leader and uh, I, I'm a pretty crap leader or you vote for me as a mayor or as a, you know, you want me to be a CEO of a company, I become a CEO and I bankrupt the business, you lose your job. Are you going to say that you made the wrong choice and that you have to sit down and reanalyze your choices in life and make a better future for yourself? Or would it be easier for you to say this was my karma, that this had to happen? There is nothing else I can do about it. Is it easy to grow mentally by accepting responsibility, or is it easy just to shed responsibility? Well, if I have to think about the entire scheme, that what or what what went wrong, who who didn't complete the responsibility, it is much tougher hmm. for me. It's very very easy to say, well, this was about to happen. There was predestined. There's nothing we could do about it. There's nothing we could have done about it, though. So. It's a, it's a it's a good way to keep yourself at peace. Mm -hmm. And I guess it also makes you a conform uh, conformist. You're conforming to someone else's norms. There's no conflict. It really is about this that you know the more your brain is under stress, the more it grows. But here we don't like stressing our brains. We find it very hard. <laughs> no, thinking is hard. Thinking is. Thinking and critical thinking, especially, is against Indian culture and Punjabi culture. Mm -hmm. Now, see, when Guru Maharaj and the Pugs, the Pugs, all the contributors of the Guru Granth Sahib are alive now, in their day and time, they would have been given this theory of predetermination. They would have been given this uh, theory of predestination, karma. Now, on one hand, let's just look at the three major points. In Christianity, it is said that if you believe in God, in Christ, you confirm to that belief, everything is essentially sorted for you, that you have some super awesome God up there uh, helping you out, assisting you. And <clears throat> this has given them quite a strong emphasis on the power of prayer, that can you change this for me, can you change that for me? However, on another side of things, if you look at the Dark Ages in Europe, it was essentially these Judeo-Christian principles becoming dominant. And this belief in God entailed a certain set of principles which could not be violated. And essentially for a hundred years, Europe was not allowed to progress into modern times. Why? Because essentially they could not go against those principles, those Judeo-Christian principles. So, you know, if someone was to ask that, why is the earth round? Uh, they would say, because God made it so. Then on the other hand, if someone was to ask, why does everything stay grounded on the earth? Is there a force holding us down? They would say, you can't question God. We also had the issue about the planets, the earth being the center of the universe. For years, the church denied that until essentially it was proven wrong. Let's come down to Islam then. Down there, there is the concept of inshallah. I'm poor because God wills me to be poor. I'm rich because God wills me to be rich. There is no uh, room for personal growth. Nothing which entails personal responsibility and uh, personal effort. We come down to Hinduism. 
it's essentially the same. Past life karma keta sakadu. So essentially what it is being said is that man is zero. Man has no purpose in life other than to follow what is written in archaic texts. And uh, in the in the modern world it's the cosmic karma, you know? Yep. Where's in the body? The way it's the way it's marketed today, the way it's sold today. We are all uh, in in a hardcore Indian accent. We are all part of a cosmic plan, <laughs> and this plan is like um, a billion years old, and it will continue. Damn. So you are a part of that plan. Yeah, ho, yeah. Yep. And but if you look at Gurbani now, here's what uh, Gurbani says on that whatever they have written now, Pandit Mullah does not exclusively refer to, you know, a Hindu and a Muslim. Literally, it might contextually it refers to the clergy. And what it says is the clergy, the power brokers, whatever, the dominant forces, whatever they assert, they write down and give to me. I renounce all of that and reject it. Well, uh, uh, that, that's one of the basic points that I would say. We reject both ideologies. We have nothing to do with them. So yeah. there's a clear separation from the two dominant planes of that time. And why do they reject it? Because they think. Well, yeah, of course. You can't have somebody else thinking for you. You can't have somebody else deciding your destiny. No. Here, there are two quotes I like to share again. The first one's from Japji Saab. You know, you can think and think and think and nothing happens. Now, let's just take a step back and try understanding this quote because what it really means is that it's referring to Hukam, that you can think this will happen, you can think, you can bend reality, reality will not bend. That's the meaning of that quote. Not that thinking is a sin. And the second one, now this is the one from Reheras, now this is the one which always makes me laugh, the way people misinterpreted his life. Rapidly look at your yoga, when you create a yoga, our God, very good in a common sense, and the particular man. Now the way this is translated is that the purpose of this human life is to reach your maker, and uh, you must go into the Saad Sangat and a Gurdwara and vibrate on the man. And let me be honest with you, this vibrate part, I've actually seen people hug speakers so they can feel these vibrations of your body. <sighs> well, I don't know what to say. It's disappointing or it's laughable. And really, if you look at it, Gurbani also describes what Saad Sangat is multiple times. Now, the physical Saad Sangat does not exist today as it did back in the days of the house. Unless you have pure pristine Khalsa, then that's not Sad Sangat, whatever else you have today, you know, because everyone who goes into the Sangat is not actually a saint. And nor are they thugs exclusively, but we just need to be careful who we call Sad Sangat. But the real Sad Sangat is described by Baba Nanak as being that when you actually sit down with a person, when you do someone's Sangat, it's not the physicality you're actually doing the Sangha for, it's their virtues and values which you're doing the Sangha for. And Nam in Gurbani is described as being Gyan. So despite Gevo Nam, what this really means is that you have been given this one chance to meet your Maker. And how do you meet your Maker? You need to find virtues and values shared by this Maker which you can actually comprehend from which you can take wisdom and implement it in your own life. Now, does that make sense or does hugging a speaker make sense? Hugging a speaker makes more sense because it, it doesn't entail thinking and thinking is hard. Thinking is hard. And then we come to another Shabbat, which is, you know, what that really means is that when you actually start imbibing these, uh, when you accept these virtues as values in your life, you get a set of principles and beliefs that you can live by. Now, that is not your purpose in life alone, that, you know, you live by these virtues and values. These virtues and values are tools which need to, which you need to actually analyze and use as tools to find your purpose in life. That if these are my values, these are my foremost values, my foremost commitment to these ideals, then what is my purpose in life? Oh, what is my purpose in life? This is how you find your purpose. Now, but Gordon Sanji, 
his purpose in life was helping the destitute and the, I guess the downtrodden, the mentally handicapped in the subcontinent. That was his purpose in life. On the other hand, you, you have many others today, you know, like there are people I see on YouTube and VR persons who go and uh, liberate slaves, you know, held by butchers and the like from slavery and return them to their homes. That's their purpose in life. On the other hand, we have, you know, historically individuals like the Dadari Babis, their purpose in life was to fight an armed struggle against, you know, tyranny. What we are essentially looking at is people, uh, is Gorsex humans who have liberated themselves from mental confines, discovered their purpose in life, and wholeheartedly following their purpose. What we don't see is a singular homogeneity, you know, that everyone's going to sit down and do the same thing over and over again. We don't see that. We see them growing and flourishing in the light of Gurbani. Yep, uh, you made good points there. Uh, let's now approach the topic from a different perspective. Yep. Let's say there is a person, uh, let's say 25 years old, let's say. Yes. They have completed their education. Hmm. They are now working, uh, they are a professional, they have got a good job and everything. Yes. So now their food, shelter and clothing is sorted, as the Indians would say. It. Yep. So they are not, they are looking, looking for something else. Let's say, use the words inner satisfaction, let's say. Yes. So people might start volunteering for homeless shelters or maybe start doing something for those uh, pets. <laughs> yeah. People yes. might start uh, working for some charities, some NGOs or whatever. Yes. So for that person who has got no religious affiliation to their life, or, or they don't care about it. Hmm. They find the the so-called purpose of their life by themselves. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They might ask themselves this question: What do I really want to do? Hmm. Maybe helping the homeless homeless uh, makes you happy. Maybe hmm. working with the old or disabled makes you happy. Yes. Maybe uh, uh, rescuing rescuing abused animals makes you happy, hmm, hmm. or may maybe uh, working with the uh, let's say uh, you you might start volunteering as a coach for like a, a small small team or something. Yeah, depending yes. on your background, you might start teaching self defense classes to let's let's say young women and young uh, teenagers. I would say yes. So there are many many ways that people try to, uh, how do I say, contribute to the, to the society? Yes, purposefully. Yeah, purposefully, yeah. So in this way, they might find the purpose of their life entirely by themselves. There's no Baba involved, there's no religion involved, and, and their uh, their decision to do this is entirely their own. So if they mm -hmm. fail, they'll fail on their own. If they succeed, they will succeed on their own. See, what Gurbani tells us, like, yeah, the way it guides us is like, now you raised a pretty pertinent issue about failing. When a person gives their life a purpose wholeheartedly, they've chosen a purpose for themselves, they're going to stand on it. Their success for them becomes an opportunity, an educational opportunity to sit down and consider what brought about that success. Their failure becomes another educational opportunity for them to analyze and understand where they went wrong. They won't blame any past life karma or any, you know, God up there and say, oh, God built it. And so, no, they will actually try growing with it. And this is what actually makes people so successful now. Today, you don't see as many successful people as you would have seen historically because now, in a way, religion has sort of thrust out its grasp again. And by religion, I mean conventional religiosity. It's actually started blinding people all over again. But the people who are actually successful today, successful in actually robbing countries or doing anything, you know, what they have set their minds to, those people have realized what the system is and how to exploit that system. 
so if you look at it this way, I mean, you know, we have seen what happened with Donald Trump in the USA. Now, Trump knows that really at the end of the day, it's capitalism, which is the main problem, which is, you know, driving this massive gap between the have and haves. And even though he's blaming the left, left and liberalism have never been as weak. The workers' unions have been smashed apart in the West. Uh, you know, the working classes have been pretty much nearly extinguished. And what we are seeing is the rise of the rich with a lot of inequality behind them. Like, there's only, what, 0.01% of the human population which are zillionaires. So, you know, there is that inequality in terms of finance and economy. He knows everything. But he also knows well, that people are actually beginning to, I guess, believe the lie, or in a way it's something which the left has done by accident or misstep, that wealth redistribution makes them poorer. And we hear this all the time, welfare bludges, gold bludges. Now, this is pretty much a lie, really, given that, you know, the left isn't so powerful. If it comes into power, yes, the left does destroy quite a lot, but the right is equally, you know, guilty. But he's actually fed them this mythology for so long to the, you know, population, that now, just about globally, the left is heavily being divided as the cause of humanity's misery. Well, yeah, uh, this is issues like very, very complex, and uh, depending on who's in power in which country and under what circumstances, uh, the blame always keeps changing. Yes, but he understood uh, the system, and if he set the purpose to himself that you know my purpose in life is to gain power, he pretty much exploited the system to gain that power, while the people living within the system who haven't understood it gave him the power only to now realize that, you know, in some respects, they're way worse off than they were before. Well, it, it's very interesting because uh, the official result of the U.S. presidential elections hasn't arrived yet. The official result, yeah? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that, yes. yeah, he's, tr he's still trying to cling on to the power. I'm going to the Supreme Court and I'm, I'm going to file litigation after litig litigation or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, pro pro probably uh, the point about uh, about him uh, exploiting uh, and to, to get power and more power. He already had a lot of power. Yes. Uh, the point ends. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that most people actually saw him as a non-political person, and uh, just just they had hoped a, a lot more from him than what he has done, and he has done a, a quite a few things. And uh, we can't, uh, yeah, we can't deny that. But uh, his his complete failure to to tackle the pandemic, the COVID nineteen pandemic, that led to his failure. Hmm. And the point I was trying to make here is that when we give our lives a purpose, you know, when we sit down and try giving our lives a purpose, it really becomes hard when you find a purpose because really now if you look at Fuck Gordon Singh, I actually once met an individual here who's a professor, a retired professor, and he actually stayed with Fuck for a few years, young and numbered so, and uh, he was telling me some interesting stories, and the first one was that one day Fuck Gordon Singh arrived at the university, he caught it, and he stood up on set and uh, stage and said that, you know, introduced Park G and said that, you know, Park Gordon's uh, virtues, his values should be a guiding light for humanity. And Park Gordon took the stage after him and said he was considering standing up and saying at the time that, please don't say that, but it would have been rude to interrupt someone midway through a speech. So what Park G said was that these are the virtues and values I've gleaned from, you know, following the hookah of Gurbani uh, or Hukal's work. And uh, the second thing which uh, he said was quite interesting was that uh, but Lauren Sinji remarked that when he found this purpose in his life, when he gave his life a purpose, because at the end of the day, biologically speaking, humans are only here to, you know, reproduce and just die. We only ensure the continuity of our species. However, yep. what's remarkable about us is there are the mutations in us seem to have been done by some super design to make us cognitively aware and have a higher sense of uh, brain, I guess, a uh, higher brain power than other animals. So we are very aware of what we are doing and how we are doing. We have built quite a sophisticated and uh, remarkable uh, society as 
given the fact that as a species we wouldn't last for a minute in prehistoric times here, we would be ruthlessly hunted down by the predators back then. And even today, how long can a human last against a predator in the African savanna? A small snake, a small bite from a snake is enough to kill us, but then on the other hand, we have wiped out countless species as well. So we are quite dominant. However, what Buck Burnsley was saying was that, you know, despite all these advances we have made, whenever he goes to assist a mentally handicapped person or, you know, someone who's just lost their senses or someone who's been thrown out to die or an elderly uh, couple dumped on the side of the road, whenever he goes to pick them up, someone nearby is always going to remark that, you know, he's doing a good job. But essentially, at the end of the day, his empathy is wasted on those people because it's their karma. It's their past life karma. And but the G, what the professor told me was that at that time, but he said that despite all these advances, we're mentally being held behind by you know all this conventional religiosity. And the day we let go of that, we can become more empathic, more tolerant. And that will be real progress for human society because then everyone will find a purpose in their life. Now, anyone who finds a purpose in their life, they're always going to be opposed by the power structures and even those around them. Yeah. Uh, so we are now delving into the political aspect, aspect of it, yeah? Yes. So if I'm free to decide for myself what my purpose in life is, Hmm. The people whose business it is to sell the purpose to other people, they are going to yes. be opposed to me. They will be. They will be. I mean, how many independent people do you see today who think for themselves, who have given their own lives a purpose? Really, people can't decide what to eat for dinner. Hmm. Hmm. You're thinking about making a <laughs> twenty or fifty-year plan? <laughs> no. And. That's why I guess when you read these, the amount of self-help books being published today has never been greater because there is a market, a massive and an increasingly growing market for these type of books, for this type of information because people have lost the ability to find their own purpose in life. They're too scared to find it. They know they will be opposed. Now, um, one thing which we will discuss now, it's going to be pretty uh, hard-hitting, is that Seva is not done alone in the Godwai. Well, you... Seva can be done it, um, yep. everywhere or anywhere. Yes. Where yeah. was Seva done, done before Godwai's came into existence? Well, if... Let's say if, if there was a year 1300 or the year 1400, I could have simply fed the hungry or the homeless or whatever. So that could have been called seva, around serving the people or something. Today, it's been stereotyped that seva is done in the Gurdwara line. Now, let, let's just give an example down here. If you're a doctor and you decide to treat a patient for free, or stay back after office hours to treat someone, or do some extra longer time helping, you know, a patient or something. Isn't that seven? It is, indeed. Now, let's get a bit more into the abstract. Now, if someone decides to, you know, convey a message of unity or, you know, social uh, tolerance through art, isn't that seven? Yes. A writer like Pai Nandalal, whose purpose in life is to write. Now, we've discussed an artist whose purpose is to, you know, be an artist, a doctor whose purpose in his life or her life is to heal. Someone like Pai Nandalal, whose purpose in life is to write. That's his own chosen purpose. If he writes about how to live life properly or, uh, you know, how to avoid uh, troubles in life, isn't that Seva? Seva, yep. So why is it that all these stereotypes we have about a purpose in life and everything is being imposed on us? It's almost like our body which liberates us has been weaponized against us. Well, the people whose business it is, whose business is religion, whose business is so-called spirituality, mm -hmm. they would always go. There's no reason for them not to. Mm -hmm. 
Now I pointed out the what devil Nam Shavad. There's another one by Guru Arjan that you know that what is the best religion and uh, what is the best path to righteousness. And down there they have you know the Nam Japa uh, term down there. Except again, Nam and Sakhi is what? Nam and Sakhi is Gyan, and Jap is comprehension and implementation. So to get Gyan and implement it in life. That, that, and part of that is to find that purpose in life, through which I guess you can say you get closer to your maker. Someone might do it through art, someone might do it through singing. As long as the framework is, you know, within the three criteria, uh, the three criteria mentioned earlier, you know, that, uh, Everyone has the right to exercise their brains independently, freedom of conscience, to partake of, you know, uh, discoveries made for humanity's benefit and nature's, and to, you know, contribute towards them. Why is it then that at the end of the day that what we have today is that your purpose in life should be to go to the Godmara and Jirpandi, every seva, and that's enough? That isn't enough for many people because it sends them into religious depression. You get many people becoming atheists and cynics themselves. Well, uh, I think that's, that's kind of natural progression because you get disillusioned and then say, well, this is not for me, and you walk away. Mm, you walk away. And uh, now, a part of that finding a purpose in life, now I'm not saying that, you know, if <laughs> you're really into, like, you know, I guess uh, reproduction and blah, 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 that you become a hooker or something. <laughs> this goes for both men and women. Well, hookers try very hard not to reproduce, actually. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes, I'm just trying to use a euphemism down here. <laughs> what I'm saying essentially is that now, a part of that finding purpose in life, you know why, how it is that modern sea society uh, currently has a lot of young people who are trying to find their purpose in life, trying to give their uh, life a purpose. First thing is speaking culturally, in Punjabi families, you know, from experience, if a child says, that he feels quite passionate about art. He feels quite passionate about uh, carpentry. He feels quite passionate about painting. He feels quite passionate about drama. He feels quite passionate about script writing. He feels quite passionate about fiction. These are the sort of things which are going to uh, induce quite an aggressive reaction against the child. Yep, true. I think we discussed uh, in some earlier podcast that uh, there are no uh, so-called artists in, in our Sikh society. Yes. And the fact being that because of the purpose being lost, that lack of purpose, because the purpose is being cut, curtailed, many Sikh children are going to spend their entire life wandering around trying to find a purpose which fits someone else's definition of a purpose rather than their own definition of a purpose. Sorry, say that again, please. Uh, I, I think I was thinking I, I lost you. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I'll actually recount a little story. I had a friend. Uh, we will call him XYZ Singh. Now, XYZ Singh was pretty damn good at Taekwondo, and he wanted to be a Taekwondo champion. Now, you know, this sort of thing, that you, you're going to get injured all the time. <clears throat> I have bruises on my shin still from my last class. Anyhow, what happened is that, you know, when he went, like, when he did Taekwondo, like, you could see he was very passionate about it and he got his black belt and he wanted to, you know, help others learn that sort of, you know, empower people through martial arts. And he went to his parents and he told them that, you know, I feel I want to, I can make this into a career. Can you please help me? And the parents told him no. So they had massive arguments about this. Some Babaji came over from India and he told him that, you know, if you do, you know, Nam Jap, that no one will attack you, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Anyhow, this was an Amritari kid. All these years later, when I finally met him a few weeks back, he's actually shaved his beard, cut off his hair, taken off the kirpan, heavy drinker. And in one of his sober moments, he actually told me something. Now, this might sound like a heavily emotional story, a cliched, stereotypical story, but we all see this in Punjabi families all the time. He told me that he feels like there's no meaning for him. Uh, well, well uh, I think I do understand uh, how these things have turned out, and especially in, in this case of Mr. XYZ Singh. And I, 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 I yes. think I, I've said it multiple times that uh, our parents, in general, let's say the generation of parents' generation, 
especially the secret youth. They were not very bright. They have no idea how to live life. No, no, no. Now, th this is something we have to admit and something you can easily observe and recognize. Yes. They the, the simply say, okay, these are the well-defined paths in life. You must follow them. If you mm -hmm. slightly deviate away from them, they feel like it's their responsibility to discipline you and put you back on the path. Now, the irony here is that Baba Nanak, now, when Baba Nanak refused the Jin youth, the parents would have actually sat down and, you know, had a very stern talk with him. When Baba Nanak became a farmer, that would have been, you know, another stern talk, but he was an adult then, that, look, you're an adult now, but what, what are you doing? And the day he became a writer, they would have said to him, look, you were born in an entrepreneurial family. We were ri we are rich. We are multi-millionaires pretty much for today. First, you refused to confirm to society. Two, you refused to confirm to our uh, economic status. You become a farmer. Now, who knows when your crops are going to fail or when they're going to succeed. Three, now you have decided to become a writer and you're writing in a language, Punjabi, which is cross, crass, and which is seen as being profane. What are you doing? And Baba Nanak would have probably turned around and said, this is my purpose in life. Right? Down the track, we come down to, you know, Panjame Pacha. And Panjame Pacha, when he went to do his Shridi, people would have asked him that, why are you sacrificing your life? And he would have turned around and said, because this gives my life purpose, standing up for the oppressed. We come down to Cheme Pacha. Now again, that issue with Samrat Ramdas. Samrat Ramdas said to the Guru that, you know, Baba Nanak never dressed like you. And Guru Hargobin turned around and told him that, you know, uh, Baba Nanak left the ways of the world and not the world itself. We have this recounted multiple times in Kotavaras, but we never studied the implication. The implication is this. The world gives everyone a purpose. Society gives people a purpose so they can confirm to society, power structures, etc. Baba Nanak left that way and found his own purpose, and my Sikhs are free to find their own purpose in life. No one can control them. The other irony, we have done the reverse. The entire opposite. Complete reversal. Complete opposite. Complete reversal. Now look at it this way. People... And you see it in academia as well. Baba Nanak was uh, peaceful. Guru Angad was peaceful all the way down the track. So, you know, they try making it seem that uh, sixth, seventh, ninth, and tenth gurus were discordant against the Sikhi of Baba Nanak. That's why they lifted the sword. But they failed to realize that it was Baba Nanak's emphasis on finding their purpose in life, which actually empowered the gurus to take those steps to protect Sikhi as time progressed. And... The Gurus also provided a template for us to live. They lived as per their uh, teachings in Gurbani, but we don't live like that. We aren't raising our children like that. And that's why ultimately when those children can't find a meaning to their life, can't find a purpose in their life, can't give their life a purpose or a meaning, they become rebels without a cause. They rebel against their parents, they rebel against their culture, they rebel against everything, and ultimately their life is wasted on. Now, XYZ Singh is a alcoholic, and he's told me that he's tried other drugs as well, and that he's trying to fill a void in his heart, but his parents don't understand that. And how could they? Because the parents really confirmed to a generational norm where your purpose was decided for you the day you were born. Well, that's the issue, I think, and... That's a very serious issue that nobody has ever discussed. Now, you know, when we advertised for this one, I got a lot of messages on Twitter saying that, uh, can you tell us what Gurbani says? And I told them that, you know, we can take specific shabbats and quotes, but that's not going to help much. We need to discuss this from another point of view, which is what's wrong with Sikhs University, because we have uh, diverted from how our gurus, uh, you know, showed us how to live our life. And, uh, what started all this was that Angie uh, was uh, on Twitter and she made this uh, comment about renouncing the world and how to let go of toxicity and all that. And uh, one of the members who uh, runs the our handle on Twitter, they approached her and said, well, why are you talking about renouncing the world? This is all falsity. And she got back to them and said, oh, well, I thought this was Siki and they had a conversation. And then suddenly uh, they started getting messages that, you know, 
from other handles that can you please discuss this issue of finding a purpose in your life? Now, if people ex <coughs> expected us to sort of give them tips and tricks to find a purpose or meaning in their life, then I apologize in advance that there wasn't our aim behind this. Really what it was was to set you free, tell you what the problems are, but you need to find the solution yourself. Uh, okay, uh, to, to continue from your point, uh, are hmm. there any conditions that need to be met before you start looking for a purpose in your life? There are certain conditions that need to be fulfilled before you venture out looking for a purpose in your life. Yes, yes, they need to be fulfilled. Now, as we said from Gurbani's perspective, because we always go off Gurmat and nothing else. First thing first, what are you? What are your values, and where do you get those values from? Second thing, are those values justifiable and impartial? What is the end result of following those values? And three, out of those values. Which values empower you the most? Once you realize you recognize and acknowledge your values, then you can find your purpose in life. Now, <clears throat> let's look at Baba Amardas. Let the purpose in life for Baba Amardas was to, you know, sort of reform society. And what stands out the most is his uh, crusade against Sadi. This is not to say that the other gurus didn't do it, but Baba Amardas sort of did it the foremost. He was right at the forefront of it. And there was a determination in Baba Amardas. We see the same value of determination in Guru Gobind Singh. Difference fundamentally being that Baba Amardas went off the times, Guru Gobind Singh also went off his times. So these values, when we have these set of values, doesn't really mean that we need to copy someone else. Now, I have determination, you have determination, and we decide that uh, the homeless problem is pretty big, you know, in our countries. Doesn't mean that we are going to lift up the sword and go after someone, you know, for a battle, does it? Uh, okay. Now, approaching my question from, an, uh, let's say, the open side. Yes. <clears throat> Earlier, I used an example, let's say, of a 25-year-old person, yeah? Yes. Well, if they are trying to look for a purpose in their life, they might have already have found it, they might have found multiple purposes, but they haven't chosen which particular one to follow, yeah? <laughs> so, the conditions that I was talking about that need to be fulfilled before you walk that path of the purpose <laughs> is like, have I established my career? Hmm. Have I found the person I want to marry, or if you want to get married or not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You find a purpose in your life, and you have kids, and then now now you're solely focused on your family, and you lose your purpose. Yes, you do. You do. Yeah. And are you mentally strong enough? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Mm -hmm. Are you mentally strong enough to? Decide on a purpose and then follow it without anybody else exploiting. Mm. So, the, so these are some of the conditions that I had in my mind. Because first, I need to be on solid footing. Mm. Yeah, to to enter any endeavor, to go on any adventure. Mm. I guess the yeah? yes, the issue here is what we take. If, if, yes. Yeah, if my pocket is empty, yes, my life is going nowhere. Mm. I haven't found what I'm looking for. That uh, no, I don't have a career. I I don't have money. I'm not doing very well, very well in my studies or whatever. My, my personal life is a mess. If at that period in your time you're looking for a purpose, you might be lost or you might be stressed or maybe, and you might you won't start thinking about these things. Mm. At that point, it's useless, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess. <clears throat> As I was saying that, you know, the determination thing, we need to make it relevant to our times. So Baba Amardas, you know, pursued uh, the issue of Sati, you know, proactively, and Guru Gobind Singh Ji lifted the sword. However, as per our times, as per our personal situations, we need to realize that, you know, we have these values and to find that purpose, 
we also need to confirm to the clients. Now, first thing first, regarding the marriage issue. Finding your purpose to you reject your duties to, you know, your family. That's the first one. <clears throat> the biggest CEOs in the world, they will always find time to spend with their family to recharge themselves, you know, to get that human connection going. And most of their purpose in life is to succeed, you know, quite, econo uh, you know, in the economic sphere, you know, to make their company the number one in the world or whatever. Second thing is that, you know, as you were saying that if you don't have a job or anything, you really need to analyze your personal circumstances. Do you have, are you unable to work because you got fired? Why did you get fired? What happened? And from there, you also need to realize that, you know, you need to ask where you went wrong. Not toxic self-criticism, but just to sit down and, hey, you can do it like this. Why haven't I found my purpose so far in life? Why am I without a purpose so far in life? And all this comes down to one singular thing, rebelling against yourself and being your own person rather than letting someone else decide for you. Now, you know, Guru Gobind Singh Ji, the Khalsa, he gave us the identity. He gave us, uh, I guess, the Khalsa, an orientation, an aim, a direction. But how we reach that is to find it is through finding our own personal purposes in life. How we do this? Yes. Question. Is it possible to live a good, fulfilling life without having a purpose in life? I don't think so. In my experience, no. Because, you know, end of the day, at the end of the day, the day you die, you're going to realize that somehow, somewhere along the way, there were many regrets in your life. And one regret being that you were never able to do something fulfilling with your life. Is it worth it dying with that regret? Well, not all people will have it. Let's say if 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 I am uh, well, I'm a guy, so I'll use yes. my own example. Uh, I'm a man. I got a wife. I got kids. I have a, I have a good job or good business or good source mm -hmm. of income. I fulfill all my responsibilities. I'm good to the people around me. Everything is going mm -hmm. fine. So my purpose might be okay. In two years, I gotta visit Canada and I gotta visit these spots in Canada. Yeah. I guess. That's... In this year, yeah. In this year, I must take my family on at least two holidays. Mm -hmm. so all all those things give me a massive dose of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. I have no purpose in life, but still, I'm living a very good life. Well, I guess that depends on how you define a purpose. My might be, might be, might be the only purpose in my life to live a good life and give a good life to my family and my children. Yes, that's it. That works because you know everyone's purpose is going to be different. Yep. So okay, how many types of purposes there can be? Well, the, the list, the list might mm -hmm. be endless, but let's say there are social mm -hmm. purposes, there are religious mm -hmm. ones. And there might be, let's say, personal ones that's something you really mm -hmm. want to do. Yes. Yeah? And for for some people there might be some political yes, ones, yes. yeah. Because if if you if you have political ambitions, you might say, I want to represent yes. these people. So there are a yes. few types, yeah. So if if you talk about the religious one, I think we have already talked way yes. too much about them. If you talk about the social ones that uh, that I was I was earlier giving you, you an example of that, you might you might choose let let's say to help the homeless if you have money and say okay I will monthly buy them food for for this amount of money or something or probably I will try to get them from shelter or something or I will donate medicine to yes. them or something yeah. So you, your purpose might be to help the poor or the homeless in a very particular yes. way yeah. So, yeah, so if you talk about, uh, let's say, your your political purpose in life, you might say, okay, I have political connections, I have political ambitions. This this, this section of society, let I, I would say, is disenfranchised. They, they don't have equal rights or they don't have opportunities or don't, they don't have facilities. So I will make this my purpose in life to, let's say, to elevate yes. these people. 
to, to give them a good life. I believe they haven't denied opportunities. They haven't den yes. denied justice. And I shall deliver okay. it for them. So, so, so some of the examples, because you know, I always give very, very simple examples that everybody yes. can understand. And, uh, and even the, if, uh, the, the listeners appreciate that. They appreciate that quite a lot. But for, from a Sikh perspective, as long as the three criteria are, you know, actually, I guess, satisfied and fulfilled, your purpose in life can be anything. But really, when you give your life meaning, when you give your life a purpose, just ask yourself something. Are you being true to yourself by adopting that purpose? Or are you following someone else? Well, uh, yeah, I, I think we, we are, this is at the core of, the, of, of mm. our topic. Is the purpose you're looking for, is that purpose your own? Or is it an idea supplanted in your brain by mm. somebody else? Now, when Baba Nanak rejected the Danube, he would have asked himself this. Surely he would have sat down. And I guess when Guru Angadev, Pai Lena, Pai Geta, when they came to the Guru's Darbar, they realized, you know, what the truth was, what Sikhi was. Any convert to Sikhi would have had that hard talk with himself, that introspection, that so far has everything else been for someone else and not for myself. And and this is not selfishness. This is not selfishness. This is just, you know, mental growth, bettering yourself. Well, I think you got to be a little bit selfish because, well, of course, I work for myself and my family, so I am a little bit of self. I have that grain of selfishness. I think that that's something that everybody should have. Mm -hmm. It's only when that, I guess, practically speaking, for us, selfishness is a synonym for obsession. So when something becomes a becomes an obsession, a toxic, unhealthy obsession, that's where the problem really arises from Gurmat's point of view. True, true. Yeah. Other true. than that, now to uh, wrap up, your purpose in life, only you can give your life meaning and a purpose. Many people pursue religion to find their purpose in life, but they end up being robbed and mentally exploited. That's why I mentioned Ashram in the first place. Now, if anyone wants to watch it, it's on Netflix and YouTube as well. It's quite a, I believe it's quite a relevant show, even though the critics hate it, and the critics hate Bobby Deal even more because he's the one who's playing the Papa in there. But his acting is top-notch, the direction is top-notch, and the message is top-notch as well. Can we say, in very simple terms, let's make a, a few points to, to yes. wrap up here, to recap about our Podcast today. So you you uh, you can find your purpose anywhere in life at any point. Could you say? Yes, no. you can. I mean, look at Bandar Singh Bahadur. Look when Madhav Das found his purpose. He was in his uh, early to mid thirties when he found his purpose. But yeah, but he was well established. Well established, but that should not detract you from finding your purpose in life. And. You might choose, you might find a purpose in your life, but you might act on it, let's say, a decade or two later when you are, when you are fully prepared to work. I guess so, if your purpose does require quite a lot of uh, self-preparation, as long as you stick to it, you can walk it when the need arises. And one very important yes. point. You always must be prepared and you must dare to abandon or change your purpose in life if it's not being fruitful. Yes, that's right. You should not let it fall down. Mm -hmm. you, you should not go down with the ship, as we, you, you would and say. And that's what Preeti learns in Ashram. That's what she learns, that her low-caste status, this, uh, this ingenuity, this running away from society because of her you know, low-caste status, because of her caste, <coughs> Her inability to win in wrestling championships because she's a low-caste person, that's why she loses even though she wins. This inability to see past the Baba, all this contributes to her mental growth, and so does the sexual uh, violence, the rape, until she realizes that she needs to find her own purpose in life. And to find that purpose in life, she needs to liberate herself 
and by using that as an example, liberate others. And this is not solely about the Baba getting a revenge on the Baba. It's about more. It's about freeing humanity. And the only way we can free humanity is if we free ourselves. We free ourselves, we find our purpose. Look, it doesn't mean that you need to really go and fight someone. You can be an artist, you can be a writer, you can be a musician, or you can be someone staying at home helping others on the net. You can be anyone or anything, and you will still be able to productively contribute to this humanity. Can you be uh, a kid doing podcast with another kid? Well, <laughs> so far, people are giving us the thumbs up, and they're so yeah, we get the get the certain uh, we get the occasional love message, you know, that you guys are uh, blah blah blah, you guys are going to hell, you guys oh. this, you guys are that, but. Absolute love, you know. Those people they just worship us. They listen to every single word we say. They listen to podcasts on repeat. They love us. Thank you, thank yep, you, keep loving because us. you guys make it worthwhile for us to do this. And <laughs> I guess what makes it worthwhile for us to do this again is that you know there are people out there who we can help. And if they take anything positive away from this, even if it's one person, hey, that's your success, our triumph. Thank you for joining us. Why Guruji Kakal Sao? Why? Why Guruji Kakal Sao?